Hello, welcome to CallCast episode 14. I hope you had a good holiday. I had a pretty good holiday. I just kind of made it a solo date here. It was relatively low-key. I mean, you have low, medium, high, and I just put on low for the evening. But yeah, it was nice. Like a holiday, just to myself. I don't have much experience doing that at all. Holidays are always with other people, family, or close friends. And this July 4th was just me, and I liked it. Order in and just watch some movies and just kind of keep it to me. Another cool bit of news is that I officially submitted my audition to Saturday Night Live. SNL, because I hate saying the full thing. I feel like I have a fighting chance to get on the show, be seen by the right people, even if they don't feel like I'm a right fit. Get out of here, fly. Right fit for the show, or that I'm not fit enough for the show. <laughs> I feel so bad about myself so bad. Uh, but yeah, SNL submitted. Bam. I will probably end up cutting together all of the stuff that I didn't use in the audition and just post that. And I think a lot of that stuff is funny. But my managers, they I, I sent them two drafts and then they gave me notes on both those drafts. And then I did a third and then we sent that one to SNL or NBC. SNL and NBC. So I look at me. What? What, Ricardo? Alright, so here's another job that I got. I had just moved back from Michigan to Oregon in 2019 and I needed a job. So I applied on Indeed again. <laughs> and I got called by Top Golf in Hillsboro. So the job at Top Golf is a 45 minute commute. The worst that I saw it was an hour and a half drive to my shift. So that was rough. If anybody has ever had to commute before, my sympathies go out to you. It is, it sucks sometimes. Sometimes it's a smooth drive and it's just like kind of timeless and jamming out to music and then I get to my shift and it's a bummer. So the top golf job, I would get there at three in the afternoon and a lot of times I would be leaving that place after 1 a.m. and getting home after 2 a.m., I'm still jazzed from my shift, so I would just play Skyrim until, whatever, 5 in the morning. Okay, maybe not 5. Oh, probably. Wake up, have maybe an hour to kill, and then I have to drive to my job. Starting close to 2 in the afternoon. So, that became my life. I, I really start to resent my job so much... When I realize how much of my time they are taking from me. And it becomes so senseless to where I'm like, what am I? This is a hamster wheel. And I really sincerely feel like I am not built for it. I'm just not a good match. So this job was 14 an hour. They started me on dish. But after the first day, they promoted me to cook. Uh, because I, I crushed it on dish. As far as just being attentive, I'm fast, I'm a quick learner, I don't lollygag, I get stuff done, I don't take breaks uh, very often. There, I mean, whole shifts in the kitchen where I didn't take breaks. So, now I'm a cook, and I'm working on a line with 15 other cooks, four different stations, and again, I'm on fry. So I have to do the saucing of the wings, salting of the fries, I had to cook raw chicken, tots and a huge part of the job was going to dish grabbing the boats that we serve everything in coming back to my station with stacks and stacks of these metal boats and and 
lining them with paper. So we'd fold the paper in a specific, ooh, fancy way, put it in, and you get to doing that super fast while cooking the food, while while putting it in the, the what's it called? The warmer, and making sure your station is clean. There were aspects of the job that I really hated. Cleaning the fry, the fry station, was definitely the worst part of the job. It was so bulky. You had to make several trips over to dish to rinse and wash all this these gunk drawers out and then bring them back. All doing that in the chaos of the kitchen where other people are using the sink for their stuff and each station has to break down their station, go over to dish, wash it off, take it back. Uh, one particular story from that job. There was a guy on the line who gave me mad, creepy vibes and I felt was very attracted to me uh, early on. Just the way that he even approached me just to talk to me. At this is at Top Golf, but at McMinimins, the kitchen job I got after Top Golf. In my I think second or third, I think it's my second episode of Callcast, I detail exactly what happened in the last two days of my time at McMinimins. What happened there clicked with me about what happened in this story at Top Golf. So this dude walked past me one time and brushed his hand along my butt. And I'm working, and I was like, okay, it's a tight kitchen. He probably didn't mean to. He must not have meant to do that. Later in that same shift, a stack of glass plates falls onto his hand and crushed it. I mean, he he was sent home. He had to go home, like, immediately. I felt that that was the divine looking out for me, being like, hey, don't touch my boy. Because my boss did that to me only several times uh, at the job that I got after that. And, which is funny, because that dude from Top Golf who did that ended up going to work at McMinimins later. So, fitting job for him. Towards the end of my stay at uh, Top Golf, I felt. Uh, my bosses, I felt the managing team got hostile towards me. The duties that they would usually perform before I got to my shift, they were no longer doing, so I was picking up their slack, plus having to do all my duties. And I was like, I'm not going to put up with that. I'm not going to be bullied by you guys. Sorry, I'm done. And I just didn't show up. Well, I, I did have an exchange of... Uh, Emails with my boss about it, where we were both snarky and <laughs> and sarcastic. So I left that job and I got a job at McMinimins. I have talked about it on previous podcasts. I think it is in the second episode of this podcast. Uh, opening up is the title or something like that. Or maybe I changed it to the topics that I discussed. Anyways, it's like the second episode. And bada bing, bada freaking bada. Uh, so I'm not going to talk much about that uh, job on here. But essentially my boss touched me inappropriately and I ended up leaving the very next day because I, they didn't believe me and they were taking her side. Even though I did the right thing and I told a manager, but the manager reassured me, I'm going to get into it. He reassured me that he would not tell anybody until I decided what I wanted to do. And then he told, he told, totally broke my trust and... Um, and really put me in a situation where I was like, dude, I have to, I have to leave. But he had just like 
sat me down and written me up and then I got him in trouble for something. So I can imagine that this was his little golden ticket and just like getting rid of me. Okay, so McMinimins was the longest job that I had held up to that point. I think it was June 2019 to July 2020. During that time, during those 13 months, math, I got a job off of Facebook jobs, go me, at Vanguard Brewing, which is in uh, Wilsonville. That is about half the drive from here to Top Golf. So from here to uh, Wilsonville was um, pleasant. The kitchen that I was working in is probably as big as my room. It's a one-man kitchen. I was going to be running the show while one bartender ran the drinks outside. Not outside, but outside the kitchen. The kitchen was a closet. It was previously two closets that they hit the wall down and then converted into a kitchen. So that's what I was doing. I was making some bomb butt sandwiches and some bomb rear end pizzas and i was working for two dumb behinds <laughs> my first day at this vanguard i was being trained by the couple's daughter she is just going into college has never worked in a kitchen in her life but is familiar enough with the menu to that's her main objective is familiarizing me with the menu she would do stuff like, all right, so don't don't set the, the hot pan on the cutting board because, you know, hot. <laughs> I'd be like, oh, yes, 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 yes. It was really hard not to be super sarcastic with her. Oh, is that what it was? Oh, is that? Yeah, but I, I refrained. Uh, the next day or the next shift, the actual cook who was stepping out, he trained me. And he, he was pretty much like, yeah, un, unlearn everything she taught you. She did everything wrong. And so it's hard to tell that to my bosses that, okay, your daughter literally trained me totally incorrectly. And this, this other cook is telling me to unlearn everything we did together. And I don't think I did tell them that. It might have been informative for them to know that. But so there was butting heads along along the way. And... Um, so at this point, I was five months into my TikTok journey from October to February. This was February. So a full four months of TikTok. That's what it was. I made a TikTok on the line. Now the TikTok specifically is what they had an issue with. I put my finger inside my nostril and then I pretend like I'm going to touch it to the meat and then I do something where I like shake my head goofily or something like that. It was dumb. It was really stupid. I think it got like 50,000 views or something like that. While I show up to work for my next shift and they go, hey, can we talk to you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. I don't even consider the TikTok at all. Like, I don't know what this is about. What I should have done is put my phone inside the uniform pocket right here and started recording. I should have done that and maybe even let them know that I was doing that. Because this would have been one to record. Dude, that dude and well, that couple brought me into the back room and cussed me out about that TikTok. Like foul language right up in my face. And the dude was a veteran. Which is interesting because that wow, that's so interesting. I didn't even bring I didn't even think to bring this guy up. 
<laughs> in my last episode where I talk about veterans, but that's okay. He is is a veteran, and he was shaking so bad. I'll never forget. He was, like, visibly shaking, and I know that his nerves are probably shot from what he experienced. I don't blame him. I'm not making fun of him. That was just a total observation I had is I've never seen somebody visibly shaking because he was so upset. But they handed me my last check and my tips and sent me on my way. I did have a Dutch Bros coffee in my hand that I wish I would have thrown at their glass. The glass like outside, you know. Because that would have been funny to me and me only. Okay, so that is all the jobs that I've had. So then let's go to November 2020, end of October. I get a job with the state of Oregon. My job with the state is to provide schools and businesses with gloves, gowns, masks, tests, thermometers, and other stuff. Sound familiar? Like, you know, for COVID and stuff. Which, not to brag... But my, uh, this was, I was a part of, I can't even brag. I was working as a part of Business Oregon, which was only created for COVID, for this objective to get all of this PPE out, not PPE. So in all basicality everybody that I started with eventually ended up going to different sectors. So at one point, I was the person responsible for providing Oregon with the PPE that they needed during the COVID. I'll be expecting my statue someday. Or a star in the walk of fame, maybe. But not all heroes wear capes. I quit that job. <laughs> in September 2021, September 14th, I was, I, for a lot of reasons, but, um, but me and my area of co-workers really did not get along for the three months that I worked there from, from when I transferred locations. Uh, we just did not get along. I was working with two old dudes and one dude who was younger than me, but it was them versus me the whole time, especially the one young dude who I was pitted with most of the time. I mean, he trained me, but because he was the only one training me, I felt like he could get away with a lot, and this guy was a psych major, meaning that he's very intelligent and observant, and he knows human behavior. I felt that he and I almost had a um, Sherlock Holmes and Miss Dr. Mor- Dr. Moriarty uh, game of chess there. That's what I felt going on. He knew that I was on TikTok, but he didn't have any interest in that. But he kept wanting to know where I lived. I remember that. I felt so uncomfortable with it. Many, many times. More than I could count or even try to remember. He tried to ask me specific questions about where I lived. Like, hey man, can I drop this off at your front door? And I was like, I just wouldn't respond to him. I'd leave him on red. And it just, I felt that he had the power to train me to do incorrect things on the job, or he would purposefully withhold information from me to make me look stupid in front of the bosses, because at one point he and I were up for the same job. And because he had been there longer, he got the job. And then he started like bragging about, oh man, I'll get to have all these benefits, and just really rubbing it in my face. So I got to a point where I was like, I'm going to take the power from you. And um, that is the last time that I've had a job is September 2021. I currently have four accounts on social media that monetize me. 
and are allowing me to pay for this home. Uh, this At the beginning of this month, I was able to pay rent. <laughs> Just to let you guys know, I was able to off of TikTok because views have been much, much better and brighter. And uh, it's been really nice to see. Plus Instagram. Instagram is a huge help. Um, Instagram Reels is, is something that I'm uh, trying out more and more. And personally, I would love to not have to get a job again. And I would love for the jobs that I do get to be on TV shows, commercials, movies, allow social media to help me fund what I really want to do, which is make movies. I think getting the opportunity to create and direct movies and act in them as well, obviously, but write and edit, I want full control over that thing. And I want a budget, I want to hire good actors, I want to hire a good crew, I want to hire people that I know who are good at their job and that I can pay for their service. And uh, I'm really passionate about that. (laughs) I'm bad at uh, segueing into another topic, so I'll just force it in. I've been uh, walking a lot recently, as I've said before, but um, there's a whole life like a whole world that you don't see when you're driving so specifically the neighborhood that i live in at least in 2014 i can only imagine it's not progressed in a positive way but like more in a negative way what's that called it's not digressed it's negatively progressed where at least in 2014 there were like meth houses and just a lot of robberies. What I have noticed is other people on the street, and to be honest, I definitely have a fear of being approached or or worse, robbed. Because I don't know that I would just automatically give them my stuff. Um, I feel like, first of all, I carry my baton with me. Which I can just whip out and it would cause damage. I would have to assess the situation though. Like how many are there? Three? Like probably not. I don't know. Maybe two. (laughs) But there are a couple things that I know about the situation should it occur. I know that I'm going to get out of breath quick. I'm not so sure what my adrenaline is going to allow me to do. I also do know that my legs are already hurting from the walk. So should any danger occur, I feel like my legs would really be a detriment. And I I also I also know that nobody's going to rob without a weapon of their own, which could be hidden and I might not see. So even just for that reason, probably just handing it over would be best. But I also know that I'm an imposing figure. I'm five foot ten. I'm a beefy guy. In a hoodie and walking at the pace that I do walk, I hope is enough of a deterrent to anybody wanting to maltreat me. There have been three sketchy instances in the past week and a half. I'm going to start with the first one, which, okay, so my apartment complex has a gate. There's a couple of entrances where you can enter a code and walk through, or there's the main gate that you drive through if you have a car. I am approaching my gate to walk into my apartment, and there's a guy trying to get out of the apartment. 
He tries a code and it doesn't work. He tries his code again and it doesn't work. And then he sees me approach wanting to get in and he steps back and lets me enter in my code. And he enters, nope. He asks me a question. Uh, is it the same code for everybody? Red flag. Because if you lived here, you would know that you have two codes of your own and that they're nobody else's. So why are you asking me that? That red flag made the other two times that I just saw him enter in the code and get denied. Red flag. But I thought, he's trying to get out of my apartment complex. So that is weird. That's kind of making it okay. I enter in my code. I open. I walk through. And I go to close the gate. But then I hold it open for him. And the reason that I hesitated is because that's my code that I just entered. So he, after, if I hold the door open for him and walk away, this guy could do anything. Let anybody in. And it would be on my code. So check this out. I hold the gate open for him. He grabs it. He goes, oh, thank you. Kind of unexpectedly, it seemed. I turn and I walk away. Now I know that when closing this gate, there is a chkung when closing it. Walking away, all I heard was the ch. And I thought, I don't think he closed that gate. So I keep walking. I go to my apartment. So I, I get inside and I, I decide that um, <laughs> that I'm going, word association, that I'm going to take the trash out. So I do it, grab the trash. I walk over to the dumpster. I can see him still standing there at the gate door. And I'm looking for like a gap, a space. And I think I see one. And I go, maybe, maybe I'm just missing a spoke in the gate. I Maybe, okay, maybe that's it. Dump my trash in the, in the dumpster, and then I round the dumpster. There's a line of cars between me and him now, so I can't see him. And I go, that's good. I can get as close as I want and see if it's still open. So, I, I sneak up. I look. It's still open. He is propping the door open with his back fat. He, he's just sitting there, and he's looking at his phone. I start walking up casually, and I was hoping that he might think I'm a different person because I was directly behind him, and I made sure of that. So he can only look and see with his peripherals. He's not just going to automatically assume it's me again. I walk up close enough. He is holding his phone, and he starts to have, he starts to have a conversation, but I know that it's fake. It's a fake phone conversation. He slightly moves. I grab the gate, and I shut it. I go, chikung. I made sure that you I turn. I don't even look at him, say anything. I walk away. He does not protest at all, which I would find strange if he was actually a resident or if he actually had his own code. That read to me that he knows, oh, uh, he just caught me. This guy, this fat guy just caught me. I know that's what he was thinking. So then he says a couple more words into his phone like he's continuing to have a conversation, but I'm like, it's fake. It's, it's a fake phone conversation. I get back almost to my apartment, and I do hear the gate open and close again. He can do whatever he wants. He can come back in with a code. I don't care. Maybe he got the code from, from somebody. Because it was a good 45 seconds that I would have had taken, you know, maybe a minute to walk to my place. Or he could have looked at his phone, seen a text from a friend, 
that he was trying that was the code that he was trying to enter in the two times that I saw and maybe he got it the third time but I was like he he can do whatever he wants to do but as long as it's not on my code uh, dude that was really weird I was sketched out I was like why would you do that don't you have your own code why would you do that to mine puta mierda com minha tua mãe tomara que um cão te morde no pau eu te bato na rua seu chato pra caralho Tomara que o maribondo te pega. Anyway, so um, I was walking a couple days after that. And this is something that I've done on walks, but it's never had a person in it. And that'll make sense when I finish what I'm saying here. I will check my phone camera, turn it on reverse, and look behind me just to see if anybody's behind me. And um, this Sunday afternoon, it uh, somebody was behind me. And I also notice a dude on the opposite <laughs> whoa side of the street. I don't connect the two people as being related. Not related, but um, in cahoots. The dude who was behind me passes me, keeps walking. The guy across the street ends up crossing the street just as the dude who was behind me, who is now in front of me, He's coming back towards me. So I, at the at the same time, so I see this happening where they're both converging to a point that I am walking to, and they're doing this together. I was like, "Why? That looks weird. That looks choreographed." The guy in front of me turns and goes down a street that's my right. He goes down the street. The guy who crossed the street is walking now in front of me. He like takes his place. And then it occurs to me at some point when I cross the street, I keep walking, my light is coming up ahead, and I think, oh shoot, is the dude who was behind me and then in front of me and then, is he going to be behind me again? And then is this dude, gonna, are they going to sandwich me right now? It was weird. So I check my phone again and nothing's happening behind me. I go, okay, good. And then the guy in front of me makes a hard right behind a couple of bushes. And I was like, why? What was that? I go, I'm just going to approach normally. I approach the bushes and I walk and nobody's there. Nothing's happening. And I was like, that's bizarre. I hit the light, hit the boop boop. I cross the street. I then decide to make a beeline to the gas station. And maybe I'll avoid anything. I look back. The second guy who made the hard right... I see him again, and he's headed back towards the way we just came from. And I was like, that was bizarre. And he looks back and sees me as I as I see him. I mean, what was that? Was that a plan that they bailed on? Or was it nothing? Did they not have any connection whatsoever? It's a sketchy area around there. The other night, I'm looking for a midnight snack, and I walk from my place with to the gas station with that in mind. I get into the parking lot and I realize three guys are walking towards me. I'm going to pass them. I'm walking into the gas station. I can tell that they're walking from it. And I think to myself, I'm going to see these guys on the way back to my place. So I tried to dilly-dally and kind of waste a little bit. (coughs) And then I just was like, okay, I'll just walk back. So I start walking back, and I see the three guys up ahead, across across the street and up ahead. And they split off. 
I see one stays. There's like a corner of a building that he's standing right beside on his phone. The two guys are on the street and they see me and I see them see me. When they see me, that's what I'm looking for is a certain behavioral change. And I noticed it in one guy who starts to split off from the rest of the group. So now I see three silhouettes 30 yards apart each. I just keep walking, making sure it's almost like a march. I learned in Chicago, you walk like you're going somewhere. I'm on a mission type of pace. I just kept that pace. I have my baton on me, and it's clicking a little bit. It's clicking. I pass the first silhouette. As I'm passing the second silhouette, I'm not looking at them or anything, but I'm keeping them in my peripheral. The dude furthest up ahead does cross the street, so now he's on my side. I just keep walking. I don't look at him. I don't change my behavior. And I was actually preparing for him to say something, but then he just walked back across the street. And I was like, interesting, because part of me wonders if it wasn't a test to see if my behavior would change, if I would look, if I would stop, if I would say something first. But because I had a hoodie on, I, I felt that I was imposing enough for him to not do anything just because I kept my pace. <laughs> And did not change behavior because he crossed the street and was on my side. Like I didn't take to any sort of a threat. It it would be like if a a hyena approached a lion. And the lion's not going to twitch or anything. So the hyena's not going to mess with But those are three bizarre human behaviors that I've seen recently. And I don't know what to make of them. It's weird. Weird I say. And honestly, on one of these walks, I'm just kind of waiting for something to escalate. I feel like in this neighborhood, it might, it, it could happen. It could escalate to some sort of uh, need for self-defense or just complying with getting robbed. Speaking of Rob, Robin Williams is one of my favorite comedians. How is that for a segue? <sighs> Dude, Robin Williams is such a sore spot for me it's uh really hard to watch any of his stuff right now and even when he passed i was still discovering him but now that i feel that i have discovered him it's hard to watch because he's gone and he's been gone so long in two years it'll be 10 years so as far as i know i think that makes eight (laughs) okay it's not it's not funny I was working my carpet cleaning job. This was a month before college started. False. This was the month that college started. It was seriously like 10 days before I drove to Michigan. It was awful. But I remember cleaning the carpet and the TV is on. And there's a there's a veteran from World War One sitting in the... No, I think he was actually actually from World War II. But he's sitting in the chair and he's watching TV. I'm cleaning his carpet. I look up and it says, Breaking news, Robin Williams is dead. And I went... And I stopped cleaning his carpet and it's just me and him in his living room watching the TV. And it was... And you know what? I 
wasn't sure how to treat news at that time. And so I went, no, no. And kept cleaning. I kept cleaning the, the house. I finished the sector that we were cleaning. I was wrapping the hose up. And my boss came in and he goes, did you see Robin Williams died? And it wasn't until my boss said that, with that conviction, that I went, yeah, but I was hoping it wasn't real. Because I was like, no, no, he did not. And I think there are two documentaries, maybe three, but two that I've seen about what he was diagnosed with after he died. Post-mortem. He was, he was diagnosed with Lewy body dementia. So for the last 16 months of his life, his brain was eating away at itself, and he didn't know it. And he knew that he was losing his mind, his mental... So am I. And he did what he did out of necessity, he felt, because he didn't know. He didn't know what was going on. He wasn't diagnosed. And he tried to get it diagnosed so many times. And they're like, yeah, it's Parkinson's. But nope. That's what scares me so much about our medical system is misdiagnosis. That That is such a fear of mine. Because it happened with my cousin. And it happened with Robin Williams in the same month, three years apart. But I can't tell you what Robin Williams means to me. As far as comedy and acting achievements. Bah. I mean, such a big part of my childhood. I think growing up, he was the one that I had seen the most movies with. Or the most movies that he was in. I mean, the dude studied at Juilliard. And I think his dramatic roles are just as beautiful and flawless as his comedy. I will forever take inspiration from him on both sides of the acting spectrum. Comedy is tragedy, and I think he is one of the guys that fit, fit the bill. And if you're not as familiar with the with the comic, dude, I would be so jealous of you getting to discover all of his material and movies and stand-up and achievements for the first time. That would be incredible to do again. But I think his mind was a computer that worked at a pace and with an engine that just nobody else seems to have. We don't have any other Robin Williams. And unfortunately, his biggest power became his what his biggest power became his downfall that's what i'm trying to say i'm trying not to cry but yeah okay i've spent enough time it's getting dark i'm gonna that's the hair past the freckle so i'm gonna peace out thank you guys so much for listening um hope you like the shirt i just uh got it back in 2014 and it, it's showing my belly but you don't get to see that part <laughs> not yet okay thank you guys for listening peace everybody Love you.